I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 250 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this episode is a replay of the Ask the Host live stream from last week. For those that don't know, I do a live stream every Friday nights, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK, 12 midnight, Friday going into Saturday for those in Europe, and 8 a.m. in Melbourne, we learned after interviewing the Ugly Kings. But what I do is I do the live stream. I interview people, or in last week's case, I did Ask the Host. And roughly a week later, those live streams are released in podcast format. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to alternate. Once a month or once every two months, I'll do Ask the Host. And then once every two months, I will do... Uh, band discussions. For example, we have a band discussion coming up on the 26th with my patrons. You need to be part of my Patreon in order to be involved and be on the screen, basically, for this. And to comment with your voice, you can certainly join us in the chat and send your comments in that way. But, um, yeah, so ask the host. I asked on Patreon asked people to submit questions, and that's what they did, and I basically went off of that. So I love interacting with my patrons. I said this in my Patreon-exclusive podcast earlier today that I recorded and posted. Thanks to my patrons, and not because they donate money, but because of the interaction that I have with them regarding all the stuff that I post up on Patreon. It's really fueled the fire for me to really keep up with the podcast. Whereas before, you know, I, I'll admit between health issues and different things in my life, podcasting was on the back burner, but I've figured out a way how to make this work. And yeah, uh, thank you to everyone that follows me, whether you're on Patreon or not. I know that there are people out there that just like and share the episodes because that's what they can do. They, you know, they're not in a position to spend any money on what I do here. And that's cool. I, I get that. But again, any support is welcome. Speaking of support, I just opened up a new merch store. You can go to marsattacksradio.com and you can click on merch and you can see all the new stuff that I've posted there. If you are a subscriber of the newsletter, this past newsletter has a 25% discount code. So if you do want to purchase anything, there is a discount code and I'm going to be going forward. I will be doing discount codes like that as part of the newsletter. So subscribe. This specific code will only be good until the end of the month. So right on time for the holidays. If you want to purchase some Mars Attacks podcast merch for your loved ones, or you want your loved ones to gift it to you. Perfect time to do so with this discount. So check the newsletter out to find out more. Quick shout out to my patrons, Twisted Steve Hoker, Jeremy Weltman, Mr. Patrons pick coming up in a little bit. 
our Mike Jones, Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz, Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda Show, Jose Ruiz, Jose in Connecticut, a.k.a. Jose in Connecticut, Jerry from Long Island, Metal Dan, who is always there week after week for Trivia Tuesday. Check that out. I have links to it up on MarsAttacksRadio.com. Really fun. This last week was came down to the last question. It was great. You can watch the replays on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. And let's see. We have Rob Rowe from the Rock and Row podcast, Rock and Row video show. I think he's renamed it, and he's got um he's he's got a, another co-host now. And uh, Johan up in Sweden, the metal chef Johan. So. Thanks all of you guys for being patrons. I just mentioned Trivia Tuesday on Twitch. We also have Fireside, which is right before the live show. Uh, still trying to figure out what to do with that. And it's up in the air whether we're going to continue with that or not. We shall see. But uh, if you do decide to hop on in, Fireside is something else that I do where I discuss the week's new releases. And some new music. And check out our YouTube. I'm adding a bunch of content, repurposing content, old content, and stuff from some of these other places. So check it out. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patrons Pick. Hello, time for another Patrons Pick. And this week, I'm going to take you off in a very, very different direction. The reason is, I went through the list of albums that Victor put up, and I couldn't really pick one from the classic rock, the heavy metal style of music, which we're all used to and which we all love. There were some good ones out this week, there's no doubt about it, but were there any that were really a standout? Were there any that were really worthy of being a patron's pick from me? Probably not. There weren't any that really sort of grabbed me. There were several there which I thought were pretty good. They were certainly worth a listen. I'll give honorary mentions to Anton Johansson's album. I'll also give an honorary mention to the Tower album and Insania. But there weren't many that really stuck out. And what I tend to do is I go backwards on the list because I tend to find that the ones at the top of the list are by the sort of the more well-known names. Uh, and I'm, I really want to get, get a grip with all the ones that I don't really know. So I go backwards. And strangely enough, I ended up going right to the top of the list and picking a blues album. No, please don't turn off. Because this is a really good blues album by Government Mule called Heavy Load Blues. I played it and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there were some really good tracks on there that they'd done. Uh, they produced it very well. They'd also uh, interpreted the blues songs in their own way, in a sort of laid back kind of way. But uh, they got really to the heart of the, the, the song without um, changing them too much, but also without really reproducing them in their original forms. And in that, that respect, I really liked it. And I, I put it on alongside the recent album by Joe Bonamassa, which came out. Now, I know you, you, not, not all of you will be into blues that much, but let's face it, blues really is the roots of heavy metal, of the roots of classic rock. Um, and 
they certainly do a nice take on Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City, which you'll be familiar with because Whitesnake also covered that uh, years ago. They also do a really good cover that, that follows that called Brother Bill, Last Clean Shirt, which is a song by The Animals. There's 13 tracks on it. There's one hour and 17 minutes. And it's a really, really interesting uh, album that goes through, through different tracks. It's indulgent. It's laid back. It's beer-swilling blues. It's chair-rocking blues. And it's a bit of a lament to the late Dusty Hill. And certainly for that reason alone, it's this week's Patron's Pick. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm not usually into blues, but hey, Jeremy's nice enough to do this segment. I'm not going to complain. So I appreciate that he puts this stuff together. And I realize that not everything there on the new releases list is to everyone's liking. It isn't to my liking. So I wouldn't expect everyone to like all the same stuff that I do. And conversely, I shouldn't be expected to like what absolutely everyone else does. Shit, I just got the new Poppy album on vinyl in the mail. So I'm sure that a lot of people would go apeshit over that, but I enjoy it. And that's all that matters to me. And so long as Jeremy likes that blues album, well, that's fine. That's awesome. And he can share his opinion with us and direct people in the direction of some great new music that's coming out. That's all I could ask for. So there you go. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. This is episode 250. Ask the host. So there's plenty of me discussing all types of things coming up now. Welcome one and all to the Friday, November 12th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor, and this week we have the return of the Ask the Host segment. Yes. Um, so basically, I haven't had time to um, settle on a host or a guest host or a guest for that matter. So I said, why not? Let's try guest host. Worked well the last time. And Jeremy Weltman concurred he said this was really popular last time and i'm really looking forward to another one so here we go i had a lot of fun the last time got a bunch of different questions here and hopefully other people will join ask a, a bunch of others as well we shall see so um not sure why this just started recording all of a sudden. And maybe I hit something. Who knows? I have a bunch of questions and I would like to have them answered. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I hope everyone is doing well. I uh, don't know if anyone got to check out the new releases post I made today. It was later than usual. Again, real busy this week. I also posted the Return to Earth episode with Ron Scalzo and Chris Penny of the band 
Return to Earth from a few weeks back was a lot of fun. We'll have the episode with Brad Dahl up shortly, hopefully within the next few days. If not this weekend, definitely by Monday. And uh, that shouldn't have any issues with the sound because we know of Brad's bubbly, velvety voice. So, Hello, Jeremy. How are you today? I feel like I'm back on safe, safe grounds here, man. The fireside stuff, like with the, the trivia stuff on Twitch, right off the bat, I saw that things were working. With fireside, I'm not totally convinced yet. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm kind of back home here. And this is, you know, the regular live stream always seems to work for me. You guys are always great. And just to remind you guys that on the 26th, we will be. Yeah, um, Jeremy is saying that um, he lost Twitch halfway through. I don't know if that was on me, if that was Twitch, but things were working really buggy. I'm kind of peeved right now. I got to. Um, talk to my ISP and figure out what the hell's going on. A lot of promises and very little doing. So anyway, um, yeah. Hello, Rob Rowe. Thanks for joining here. I know that you were in, uh, fireside as well before, but, uh, anyway, so the 26th will be the, uh, patron get together where we're going to discuss scorpions. And there have been a few other kind of questions that have come up along the way about different things to do. And I'm throwing this out there to the people that are watching this live and to people that uh, will maybe listen to this after. But um, I may do more than one Patreon-centric episode in December. It's kind of an end of the year thank you to you guys. Um, we may talk about. <laughs> I don't know if I jumped on camera, but this bag from a tripod that I just bought just like flew off of this chair onto the floor and it scared the shit out of me. But anyway. <laughs> uh, hello, Jose. Hope uh, you and Paula and the kids are doing well. Um, anyway, so the idea is that in December, there will be more than one patron episode. If people are available, I'm throwing this out there, maybe do favorite albums of the year to, uh, talk about, uh, also Jerry from long Island had some ideas about, um, talking about specific years in music. That may be something worth look doing as well. And Jeremy, I believe you suggested something this week as well. If you want to refresh my memory, um, I'll bring that up as well. But um, yeah, it may be it may be cool to kind of do an end of the year thing with you know with people that can come on board, and we could talk about all of these different things and. Um, we may do that if not through the um 
through the uh, uh, Mars Attacks Radio on Anchor and Spotify. But there you go. Anyway, so let's get on with the questions here. So Jeremy was the first one. So we're going to go in the order that we receive these questions. Number one, what are your top three albums of the year so far? Um, <laughs> state of a uh, state of music industry, but uh, it's not very Christmassy. Yeah, you know, when it gets to December, there's very few things to really check out music wise. Usually, greatest hits. That's why. Um, that that's why I talked up the um, album by. A Manimal, which I think a lot of you guys will enjoy when that drops next month. But um, let me see here. Top three albums. I mean, the Witherfall album comes to mind right away. Uh, I listened to the Sumo Psycho album a ton as well. Um, Let me see here. What else? I may have listened to along the way. Mentioned the Witherfall, the Quill. I listened to that quite a bit. Um, the Warning EP. I've listened to stuff off of that quite a bit. Some stuff off of the KK's Priest that I really like. There's other stuff that is just kind of boring and long, and I understand why he wants to do. He wanted to do Nostradamus because I guess a lot of that material was his. But. Um, yeah, you know, I have to I have to go back and, and look at some of this stuff and try to figure it out because I'll I'll talk about my favorites for the end of the year. I like the Royal Blood album, of course. Um wrong playlist here. Going into twenty twenty one, all right. Um see evanescence album wasn't bad that has a bunch of cool stuff the end machine wasn't bad tetrarch album i like as well royal blood i think except for the closing track i like everything off of that not a ballad guy in this the album ends off with it with a ballad um Interloper album had some cool stuff on it. Some of the new Halloween was all right. Oh, the Life Project, that was pretty cool. The Fear Factory was cool. Light the Torch was cool. Gary Newman's Intruder. Heavy Water I liked as well. The Ugly Kings album I liked quite a bit. That has a lot of cool stuff on it. Um, New Ginger I liked. Wild Hearts has some cool stuff on it as well. Spirit Box, Edge of Paradise. I'm giving you more than three here. The, The Mammoth WVH has some cool stuff on it. The Bronx, I have to give it a better listen to. I've got some songs in here 
seems like every time that I try to listen to it, something comes up. I like the the Lucid album as well. Bloody Hammers, which came out this year. Mastodon. I like a bunch of that new Limp Biscuit as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, Brad. Um, you didn't miss, miss much on my first question here. Top three albums of the year kind of turned into, yes, yeah, Jeremy's saying the top 50 because I haven't really narrowed it down yet. I've said a, a bunch of different things. So, top 1,000. There you go. Um, let's see. What are my top five interviews this year so far and why? Hmm. John Bush, number one. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you that right now. Um, that was beyond great. Love talking to John Bush. He is... I mean, my favorite interview of all time. So anytime that I get to speak to him again is just beyond awesome. Um, I like the Manimal interview from a few weeks back. Ryan J. Downey was really informative, I thought. Nicholas from the Ugly Kings was cool. Todd Severn from Ripple was was really good. Joey Vera from Armored Saint was really good. Brittany from Un Unleash the Archers. Josh Toomey, Bob Nalbandian. Tatsumo Psycho was cool. Thought. Diamond Rowe from Tetrarch was cool. Tommy Clufetis was all right. all right. Evo from Arion was cool. Lucas from Void Vader. Andrew from Metal Assault. Keefe from Ghost Cult. Joel Gostin. Eric Kluber and Winterfell, Winterfall, you know, that it's hard to pick just, uh, <laughs> again, top 50. Brad stuff is always fun. Monty Pittman was fun. Drew Fortier was on a million times as well. He was fun. Phil Rind, who I interviewed last year. It's fun too. There, there's, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I and you know the the episodes that I did with you guys were a lot of fun. I have to say that if it wasn't for this live stream, I wouldn't be back podcasting the way that I was in the past, because you guys have have done so much to reinvigorate me with this. You know, for a long time. I'll say this, and I mentioned this too. I had a long discussion last week with Mark about podcasting and where things stand currently and all the various things that I'm doing with Twitch and with Fireside and this and that. And, 
you know, it, it sucks when you've got this great interview and you think, wow, people are going to love this. And it doesn't go beyond the usual people that listen to it. And that's, you know, it's cool. I, I love my diehard base, but it sucks when like a platform, like a blabbermouth or a brave words doesn't do jack with some of these interviews. And then you see that they're posting other people's stuff. Or for example, when I'm posting things and there are other shows that are getting 200 something likes or something that they post and I'm getting, you know, just you guys, you know, and again, it's not to say that you guys suck or anything like that. I appreciate anyone that likes or shares my stuff, but it kind of sucks when you're doing this and there's no recognition to it. So that's, I mean, I'm hope I'm not coming off wrong by saying this because I know that you guys always go out of your way to support stuff and you know, um, I can't thank you guys enough and I can't thank everyone enough that checks this out. It just, you know, again, it sucks. Mark posts something and 50 likes instantly. It's like, why, why can't I get that? You know, at this point, um, it is what it is, you know? So anyway, let's see if you could bring back only one person from rock metal that has died to play a gig, who would it be? Oh, this is difficult. Because I could, I could easily say four or five people. <laughs> Again, top 50. Um, Brad saying, I really like the One Void Vader album. I have got that because of your interview. Cool. <clears throat> They're great guys. Uh, Eric has, I think Eric, John Bush, and Joey Vera have been on my show the most out of anyone, out of any other guests. Well, outside of Brad Dahl, of course. But not everyone could be as vivacious and have as a voluptuous voice as Brad Dahl does. So he is our Dr. Poison. He's the world's Dr. Poison. Anyway. Um, if I could bring one person back, see, oh man. If I could see, all right. So I could easily say John Bonham. I could easily say Eric Carr. I could easily say um, Cozy Powell. If I could see, if if I had a time machine and I could go back, see, this, this is difficult because if I could go back with a time machine and see um, Kiss on that Creatures of the Night tour, Randy Rhodes with Ozzy Osbourne. That that to me would be huge. Cozy Powell with MSG, with Gary Barton on vocals, with um, oh Chris, uh, damn it, I don't remember his name. Chris Glenn on bass, Paul Raymond on keys and rhythm guitar. Man, do I love that. Second Michael Shanker album. Those first two Michael Shanker albums, just so cool. I know Simon Phillips plays on the first one, but hearing them do those songs live at Budokan with Cozy playing, holy cow, man. Just 
such a phenomenal lineup. Um, sing Children of the Sea. <laughs> Dio for you. Oh, okay, fine. I got to see Dio on his last tour, but um, yeah, that's a huge loss. But here's my thing. Time Machine, if I could go back in time. Eddie Van Halen playing with David Lee Roth at his peak. As much as people say Pantera or Zeppelin, I think for me, it would have to either be Ozzy with Randy Rhodes because there's so little footage out there as well, or Eddie Van Halen with David Lee Roth in their heyday, anywhere between the first album and Fair Warning. Lemmy's another good one. I haven't thought, you know, I didn't get to see any of these people live. Cozy Pal, here's another thing. I got to see Michael Shanker live once with Gary Barden. Chris Glenn was on bass, but the drummer was Chris Slade, best known for The Firm and for ACDC. And as a kid that grew up playing a lot of those parts, you know, Attack of the Mad Axe Man, and, you know, there's certain um, things with the hi-hat, and there are certain fills and things. Chris Slade butchered those songs. And I told my wife, I need to walk away. I can't listen to this like that in this fashion. He's killing these songs. I would love to get up there and play these songs the way that they were, or at least close to what they were originally played like or recorded. Oh, it broke my heart. Bon Scott, another great one. Sure, my brother would say Bon Scott. But um, before Eddie passing away, it would have been Randy Rhodes easily, I think. Now that Eddie has passed away, yeah, maybe I'd still say Randy because there's so much footage of Eddie Van Halen. So anyway. For generally speaking, what do you think about the health of rock and metal industry given all the issues concerning COVID affecting concerts, vinyl issues, and aging supporter base, rising prices of concerts and music to purchase, and the fact that many smaller bands are only breaking even on the road. Um, okay, this is what you said, Jeremy. This is, this is what I saw. Jeremy would even see Elvis, the pelvis. Too dangerous for the masses. Living color there. Um, here's the thing. I've been thinking about this since since I saw that you wrote this the other day. I th I've been saying this for years. I think hard rock and metal is going to become what blues and what Motown music has become before it. I think stuff like this, like live streaming, is going to help out a lot because it will give relevance to bands that ultimately wouldn't have been relevant. I look at something like what Matt Hafey from Trivium is doing, and he's making a shit ton of money on, on Twitch. He's getting thousands of views per day, and he's streaming all hours of the day. He's playing his music. He's doing all types of different things. Creative people 
that are streaming or that are on Patreon will be able to continue to keep going, I think. I think bands that engage with their audience, younger bands, um, it's the metal dentist, everyone. Gabriel Ruiz in the house. Gabriel Ruiz. (laughs) What do the five fingers say to the face? Slap. Uh, Anyway, I think younger bands may actually have a better chance of surviving all of this than some of the legacy bands that haven't done crap to, to do anything. You know, I look at what some bands have done. Look, look at a band like Scorpions. These last few months, they've been hitting people with different snippets and different things of what they've been doing with their new album. But so many others just haven't done anything. You know, haven't focused on writing music, haven't haven't focused on doing anything. And and I think this kind of mentality of ah, people will just come, people will just listen. For some bands, that's the case. The diehards will continue to come back. But I think for a lot of people, people are gonna say, Why am I wasting my time with this band if they don't want to do anything for me? That's that's my angle on all of this stuff. You know, there's somebody I interviewed this year. I joined her Patreon in order to interview her, basically. And I pitched a bunch of ideas with her after she does guitar lessons. I talked to her about doing an episode on teaching guitar and talking to someone um <laughs> between patients oh wow <laughs> cool um so i i you know i pitched an idea of seeing if she would come on and talk with my old guitar teacher who's the guitarist evangelist apatrida he was down with it but she you know she didn't even bother getting back to me and it's one of these things where you know, you're paying all this money to people and they're doing a monthly post. And it's like, why the fuck am I supporting you? Why am I paying you good money when I could spend it on something else that kind of fulfills me more? But I, I, I don't know. So, and, and, and Gabriel, I don't know if you could see this if you're on your phone or not. Right over my shoulder here, not here. Whoops, that's my hair. Over here is something that Gabriel gave me years ago. People may find it offensive, but uh, can you see it? Cigar in mouth. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So, yeah. So, I do think that bands that continue to stay engaged, we'll stay alive. We'll never see what we saw in the 80s again. Music in general is down. It isn't just hard rock. Everything that's happening, music has become trivialized for a lot of people. And that's because we have, you know, the Planet Rocks in the UK. We have Rock FM here in Spain. We have... um 
not Comcast, but uh, iHeartRadio in the U.S., where you're hearing the same songs day after day, hour after hour. It's killed music for a lot of people because they've beaten certain songs into the ground. And where I always say this, when I used to work, we'd listen to the radio. There's a radio station out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. And things were, I mean, they were still like breaking newer music from time to time. Eddie Trunk was breaking new music every Friday nights. And it would be one of these things where, oh, I can't wait to see if they're going to play the new single from so-and-so. I remember hearing um, Straight Out of Line by Godsmack, seeing it on MTV in the middle of the night, hearing Eddie Trunk, I believe, play it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I can't wait till they play this song. When you hear it, you're going to love it. I remember telling my boss. And they started to play it, and I went apeshit. And I'm like, this is the song. Everyone be quiet. Let's turn it up. It went from that to, damn, it's this song again. Turn that shit down. I, I can't stand listening to this song again. You know, we talked about the Fleetwood Mac song that was covered by Deep Purple this week. I can't stand that song because this station played it every day. Every day with the, with fooling everyone with the no repeat work day. Oh, well, let's go to the all request lunch hour. The all request lunch hour was the interns calling in. Yeah, could you play that shitty Fleetwood Mac song that you play every day? I, you know, I know I heard it two hours ago, but I, you know, could you play it for me again now? I'd love to hear it now. It's like, no. So we stopped listening to the radio. We would listen to cassettes and CDs. And we said, screw the rest of this crap. So um, let's see. Jeremy, what are you saying? There seem to be more bands than ever making music, but I wonder how much they sell. Probably very little, <laughs> to be honest with you. There, there isn't... Um, there, there isn't, uh, you know, a lot of people. And, and this is the whole thing. Todd from Ripple opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff. And he brought up a good point where people bitch about Spotify and all the other streaming services. But who's getting rich off of FM radio play? Who's getting rich off of serious radio play? Who's getting rich off of any of these things labels are bands that have structured their contracts correctly are, but no one is making a ton of money. So for people to say, Oh, that dastardly Spotify only sent me this check. You have, um, uh, baby. I love your way. Peter Frampton, a guy who's gotten ripped off like 40 times throughout his career because he never bothered to check on the economic side of things. He's continuously gotten ripped off. He's complaining about only making two cents for Baby I Love Your Way. But who owns the rights to the songs? A lot of these people have accepted lump sums of music or lump sums of money for their music. And then they think that, um, no, Stevie Nicks will for sure never be on here. A, A, above my uh, pay grade, and B, she disrespected Mr. Brad Dahl. 
And C, never cared about her for her music. So there you go. Uh, Jose, I listen to a lot of local radio stations. They don't always play music I enjoy, but they play different stuff than commercial stations. Yeah, I get that. I, I wish that that still existed all over the country. But there's one company that owns the majority of stations. They've flipped a lot of stations to become just all talk or they've flipped, uh, you know, sports stations to FM. You know, look in New York, Hot 97, if I'm not mistaken or not. Um, Hot 97. What was the other uh, station that was in the that was what ESPN is now? They, they were they were similar to that, but. Gone. So um, listen to people that are starting as DJs is also fun. It's cool to listen to, to the figuring things out. Ah, I agree with you. You know, uh, Seton Hall's station, WSIU is always great. I tune in every now and then because I can also listen on the Amazon devices throughout the house. So that's always cool. But uh, let's see. All right, moving on. Jeremy, you teased me about not being able to pick one thing and picking 50 or 1,000, but Jeremy sent me 1,000 questions. <laughs> cool. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for submitting those great questions, Jeremy. It is always appreciated when you chime in. Jerry from Long Island, favorite Van Halen album. Comes down to two. <laughs> um. Van Halen 2. That's why I did the um I I did my classic albums on Van Halen 2. I think it's an album that's underappreciated. To me that and Fair Warning are head and shoulders above the rest. A lot of the I love the first album, but I've heard those songs so much that I sometimes just can't stomach listening to them more than once a year. 1984 is all right. All right. <laughs> My Napoleon Dynamite um, impersonation there. Um, I liked the songs that weren't the singles because they weren't killed for me. I got a new pair of um, speakers here for my work area. And I played All Wait because I knew that the keyboards were going to sound great on that. Um, but yeah, I would say Van Halen to light up the sky, dead or alive. Somebody get me a doctor, um, light up the sky is just so great. Just love that song. So there you go. Um, Mike Jones, what was your major in college and where did you go? <laughs> Uh, where did I go? I went to, uh, I went to go work with my father. Um, all right. So I went to college for all the wrong reasons. I went for computer aided drafting and got involved in the college radio station. I should have gone into telecommunications after that because it would have been up my alley. What scared me was the journalism part of things. I couldn't write to save my life back then. Um, I even had to take an English class when I got to, I went to 
County College of Morris in uh, Randolph, New Jersey, where Chris Penny from Return to Earth is from. Next town over where I used to live, great community college. But again, I went for computer-aided drafting. The problem was I learned AutoCAD, learned on a, in the 90s, learned on a computer that was from the late 70s. So we couldn't run the latest version of AutoCAD. And when I got to the drafting course in college, um, we were learning on something that was proprietary to HP, which we had to learn everything over again. And at the time, the um, the industry was splitting between AutoCAD and uh, Intragraph. I got the name of their program. But we were learning this other Fakakta thing. And I was like, what am I doing here? And I was spending way too much time at the radio station. Um, I went to... I decided to go into the mechanical engineering program and failed out of college. Um, I just, there were certain concepts I couldn't wrap my head around. I did it because I thought it was what I should do instead of pursuing what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into sound engineering, but the, uh, the, the conversation back home was, um, Oh, you'll never make any money off of that. You need to find a, career where you're going to make money. So um, bounced out of community college, went to work, construction, went back to community college, um, tried to get to complete stuff. I just, I just couldn't, I, I wasn't into it, you know? And by that point, my GPA was just so crappy that, you know, I got, kicked out again because of my grades and I should have gone back for again, for something to do with, you know, surrounding, you know, radio or sound design or sound editing or stuff like that. That's where my passion was, but um, it's, it's something why, uh, I think with my kids, I'm very open to their ideas and their dreams and want to make sure that they f- that they follow what they want in their lives. Uh, I even, uh, I'll always remember, I was at a beach here in Spain with my aunt and uncle. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that my parents said, oh, please speak to him, sp- talk to, talk him out of doing what he wants to do. And I got this whole, oh, you don't want to be a musician. There, you know, all it is in drugs and alcohol, and you know, that's a dead end for you, and blah, blah, blah. And now and I got this whole spiel. Well, we're from a proud family, and you should be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. And all these years later, I always think of that conversation and I think, you are none of these. The fuck are you telling me to do this for? So um, Mike Jones, sorry for bringing the show down, but I'm being honest. I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Uh, what's my most memorable concert? There are a few to shock you people. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
I can think of concerts for the wrong reasons, for the right reasons. Um, <laughs> oh, Brad, you only got the drugs part. Okay, yeah, I got... Oh, my God. Well, because, you know, I... I I realize, I realize what, um, why they, why they said that, of course, because starting to interview bands and stuff, you, you get some of that stuff. And I realized that being a musician, a professional musician is hard. It's, it's not an easy thing. Um, so I get that my folks are looking out for, for my best interest. I will say that I'm also at fault for um, holding stupid grudges with that, where I should have found like all these years later, getting into web design and getting into audio editing and stuff like that due to podcasting. I've always, I've always feel like I've been a creative person. So it gives me that kind of creative outlet that I always had with music. Um, and that's what turns me on to doing stuff and learning new things and dabbling with different things regarding web design. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, well, you're wasting your time with this or that. No, I want to learn. I want to see how I can apply what I'm applying to the podcast with other people's stuff. So when I see a project where someone says, oh, I need to have this, this, and this done, I can say, well, oh, I can transcribe. Oh, I can edit your podcast. Oh yeah, I can do your social media content as well. So this all happened due to due to the podcast. But anyway, uh, let's see. Um, so Mike also asks, "What's okay? The most memorable concert? Um, seeing Ace Frehley at the Viper Room in front of two hundred people is a big one. Uh, seeing Dio on his last tour was beyond awesome." Seeing Nine Inch Nails, who always puts on a great show. Um, that's one. Seeing Iron Maiden with Halford and Queensryche, that's another one. Um, oh, I will say this. Seeing Faith No More live was like a religious experience for me. They'd gotten back together. And this is how smart Mike Patton is. The World Cup was happening. Spain was close to getting to the finals. And Mike Patton started talking to the crowd about different parts of the game or different games and stuff. And I was like, holy cow, he's speaking to us. He knows about us. That was awesome. Seeing Deftones the next day. I think it was the next day. Yeah, because it was Rammstein, I think, who closed that next day. Seeing Deftones was beyond ridiculous, too. I didn't expect anything from them. And it was really good. Uh, Evanescence was another band that was better than I expected. Offspring, another band that I, was better than I expected. Their vocals have always been shaky live. But they came out and they were great. Um, so if I had to settle for one, possibly nine inch nails, just because it's such a spectacle and I love their music so much. So there you go. 
Um, live albums or studio albums? Okay, with everything going on this week, <laughs> mostly with uh, with my kids and different things with school and different things with sports, trying out my new speakers. I turned on Kiss Alive 2 for the first time in maybe a year. I got my speakers queued up right the way that I wanted to hear them. And I was, I usually put on iTunes and I go through different playlists and I'll play songs from each playlist. And I played King of the Nighttime World and I just let it go. And I just started singing along to it. This is why I say that the new Armored Saint album reminds me of Alive, Alive 2, Strangers in the Night, Worldwide Live by Scorpions, Live After Death by Iron Maiden, Live at Budokan by Michael Shanker. Um, there's a bunch of others. I love those albums. The problem is most live albums are just bands mailing shit in. So that's why I would say studio album for the most part. There are some live albums that are just so energetic, so raw. And I don't care if they weren't recorded in front of a real audience or they were redubbed or this, that, or the other thing. It's just the raw awesomeness of some of this stuff and just singing along to it. Just so cool to me. So, but I'll side with, with studio albums. All right. So some of the uh, stuff here. So Brad says finding finding your place on this planet is not easy it's the best thing you can hope for for your children absolutely and i always say this because i've done a lot of stupid things had a failed marriage um i didn't find my place in the world until i was in my late 20s to be quite honest it it took me moving overseas to realize a lot of different things that I was taking for granted, a lot of different things where also where I wasn't in the right headspace. That's why music has always been so important to me because it's helped me through a lot of hard times. Um, I, it's funny because I remember hearing from some people that they couldn't relate to that because things were so easy to them for so long. And that's awesome. That's awesome. That since you're, since you're a kid, you know what you're going to do. Your head is in the right spot to study for that stuff. But there's a lot of situations that I got into with relationships and different things where I didn't focus on what I should have. And it's my fault. You know, I can't, I can't place the blame on anyone else, but myself. But uh, I try every day. I try as hard as I can. And I try with my kids. I, I suck at a lot of things. But I try to be the best father to my kids that I can be. So. There you go. I'm getting emotional. But anyway. Let's move on to uh, Dr. Poison's question here. Since bands we like are not getting younger, which five bands would you like to see one more time before it calls it quits? Doesn't have to be metal. Um, let's see. I've never seen Depeche Mode live. Always wanted to see them. 
They're in my top five favorite bands of all time. I'd like to see you two who I've never seen live. Uh, also top five favorite for me. Although the last few things they've released has really been disappointing to me. Um, I'd love to see kiss with my kids just so they could experience that. Would love to see Ozzy who I've never seen live. What other bands? I've seen Priest. I've seen Maiden. I've seen Queen Drake. Seen Queens of the Stone Age. Um, seen Fear Factory a bunch. Seen Motley Crue a bunch. Let me see. Would love to see Armored Saint live. I've never seen them live. Would love. No, I've seen Anthrax with John Bush. I've seen Anthrax with John Bush. was awesome. Saw Anthrax with Joey Belladonna. Sucked. Um, saw them with Dan Nelson. was good. Uh, who else? I've never seen Duran Duran. Would love to see them. I'm naming a lot of bands that aren't exactly hard rock or metal because I've seen a lot of the bands that I've loved to see within the genre live already. Would have loved to have seen Fastway back in the day. Would have loved to have seen Van Halen. Never got to see them. Um, let me think. Black Sabbath never got to see in any formation. Got to see Dio, got to see da uh, Saxon a bunch, got to see Fear Factory a bunch, got to see Ghost early on, got to see Clutch, Gojira a few times, got to see the Brothers Cavalero, which is probably the last big, quote-unquote, big show I've seen. Love to see Life of Agony, who I've never seen live. Um, let's see. So I think I've, I've gone beyond five there as usual, <laughs> Brad, um, Royal blood. I've never seen live. Would love to see them live. Would love to be able to, uh, get my kids to see bad religion, and suicidal tendencies, um, next spring, but it's like 200 something bucks for the four of us. So we'll see. Have to uh, either get more patrons or work on some more projects. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite Rush album? Asking for Johan. Favorite Rush album is Snakes and Arrows. Absolutely love that album. So many good tracks on it. So, um, yeah, let's see Armored Saint together. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, let's not get carried away, Brad. You you do a lot. If you want to up your post your or your pledge on Patreon, you're more than you know, more than welcome to do so, but I realize that you've got 
other things you can spend your money on. So um, I do appreciate all the support that you guys give me and, you know, hope to um, hope you guys continue to enjoy what I offer. So there you go. Um, Favorite songs. Well, that's for Johan, I'm assuming. <laughs> as as if as if the doll household doesn't uh and she says you need another base. You'll never win the lottery, Brad. You already did with your wife. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um Johan says have a good one tonight, boys. I have an early meeting tomorrow, so I have to sleep tonight. Let's see. My question is, which is the which is the Misfits, or why is the Misfits better with Michael Graves? I love all eras of the Misfits. Um, I will say this. I know that a lot of people will start, hey, that's scab Misfits and, and all this stuff. If you're close-minded and don't want to give bands a certain shot, look, I don't like Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. It's my prerogative. You don't have to you know, agree with me. Um, no, Johan is actually running for office in Sweden. So he's on the political, he's on the campaign trail. But um so yeah, so I love all heirs of the misfits. Um, love Glenn Danzig singing, love Michael Graves singing, and even love uh, Devil's Reign, which has Jerry Only singing, which they were a three-piece at the time with uh, Des Kadena from Black Flag. Um, I'd vote for Johan too. I'd vote for uh, I'd vote for Jeremy's wife as well, who's also in public office. So there you go. Um, but. I was too young to appreciate the the uh, Misfits initially. I know a lot of my friends got them before I did. But um <laughs> um I listened I got into the Grave stuff before I got into the Danzig stuff because of WSOU which I mentioned the last time. Yeah, he's a moderate until they see his metal collection. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, so I got into Graves first. There's a lot more melodies that are similar to hard rock and metal type things with Graves in the band. With Danzig, a lot of the stuff is geared more towards like 50s type. You know, there's a lot of like 50s B movie or uh, themes in what misfits do. So even with graves, they followed that stuff. You know, you see like a song like pumpkin head or controlling eye, or even lost in space. This is all sci-fi and horror theme stuff. But um, yeah. So um, I got into the graves era first. Um, then I went back, got into the Danzig era and I ended up playing in a Misfits tribute band, 
because of COVID, we weren't able to play a show we were supposed to play um, last year. But I had started rehearsing for that. And recently I started, you know, playing here and there, playing some of the songs from that because I have most of those songs memorized. So it's always fun to go back and, and play them. But um, Brad says, uh, need Misfits 101. Give me five songs I should check out. Dig Up Her Bones, absolutely. Scream's a cool one as well. Astro Zombies is awesome. Mars Attacks is a cool one, but isn't one of my favorites, but it did help me name this show. Bullet is a cool one as well. This is the type of macabre humor that they have. Bullet is, um, is based on the uh, John F. Kennedy assassination. So, um, there you go. Let's see. Uh, let us, let us open it up to the floor. Are there any live questions that you guys would like me to answer? Because these are the questions that I got via Patreon. So for that, I'd like to open the floor and, um, ask if you guys, uh, want to, want to ask me anything. If you guys have asked anything before, if anything has come up today or anything else that maybe you didn't ask on Patreon or haven't asked here, you can go ahead and do so. And uh, I don't know if you guys, there were some of you guys that got to check out the fireside stuff earlier today. Um, Brad, I don't know if you noticed, but the guitar that I had behind me looked similar, but was a different color. Yeah, so Jose asks, as shows start to come back in Spain, are there any shows you are planning to attend? Um, the first one tentatively is Suicidal Tendencies with Bad Religion and a bunch of other, a bunch of other bands uh, in Bilbao at the uh, Beck, the Bilbao Expo Center. Um, we actually got to see WWE there years ago. Um, Iron Maiden used it to before a tour. Um, and uh, they used it before several tours to try stuff out. And um, it was... Um, uh, they, they only did shows to like 8,000 people there. So the shows would sell out quick. They would go into the expo center, set up their stage, rehearse for a week, two weeks. And then after that, they would do the, uh, the show there and then kick off their tour. Um, let's see. He's taking the boys to bad religion. Uh, I thought you wrote Brad religion. Um, well, bad religion is actually most of their lyrics 
Um, although I believe they're atheists, most of the lyrics that I relate to from the band are a lot of their political lyrics because they they center mo- more on political and sociological issues more so than religious stuff. Yeah, they they their lyrics do have some uh religious connotations more focused towards um uh the catholic religion more than anything but um you know like any band uh there are some things i agree with there are other things that i don't agree with and i kind of focus on what i do agree with so um Uh, is new Scorpions album going to blow our minds? I hope so. Peacemaker sounded cool. And me and Brad talked about this, uh, how much we enjoyed Unbreakable and Humanity Hour Zero. Both great albums. And then everything they've released since, Sting of the Tail and Not Black Enough or whatever the hell that was called. Those two albums sucked in my opinion. You know, oh, we're going to recreate, you know, Love It First Thing, you know. You look at what Van Halen did with a different kind of truth, where they took songs that were from the 70s and tried to modernize them instead of trying to sound like they were 70s songs. So Scorpions took a bunch of demos and tried to make them sound like Love It First Sting, Love It Second Sting, or Love It Millionth Sting. It just didn't work for me. The choruses were like, bad and cheesy and the songs just weren't there. Sometimes songs don't make it on albums because they're just not good enough. Other times they're hidden gems, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to the Scorpions album. If Peacemaker's any sign, I think it'll be good. I just hope it doesn't have too many ballads as being the anti-ballad guy. So um, hell. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, Brad is saying, I hope you're right about that, Jeremy. Let's talk about that in two weeks. Um, Oh, Brad didn't have his glasses on, so he couldn't see anything. Okay. Let's see. Uh, What's easier? This is what I had behind me. Last week's was white. And this week's is, uh, you know, it looks like an SG. So as I was saying, Brad, it's the opposite of an, of an, uh, of Paul Stanley's Iceman. So it goes up and then here he changed this. Paul Gilbert changed that. See, so this is the same as the Iceman as well. So it's, the Iceman is like this, except this is closed down. This is like that. The white one I had last week, the pickups are different. They're humbuckers.
So there you go. Um, yeah, yeah, this is that's one of the only guitars that I have a pick guard on, actually, because it came stock. But apparently those those are single coils and they're apparently wound six times around. So it gets a humbucker sound out of it, supposedly. They're, they're really cool. They're passive. But the newer one, the white one that I had out last week, that one has it. They look like almost like P90s almost, I guess, like mini humbuckers. But they sound really loud, so that's really cool. Um, let's see. Is John Sykes actually dead? Um, are there rumors that he's dead? Do you think that's why? Because I've heard a lot of things. I've heard that you know, that he's really difficult to work with and that he procrastinates a lot. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, if that solo album will ever come out, the new one. The tracks that they've released sound really cool, but, but who knows? Who knows? Um, what do you guys think? You guys think John Sykes is dead? Yeah, how long does it take him to release music? Decades. It seemed like he was on a roll there for the longest time. And then, I don't know, maybe it was just the pressure of putting out some cool music, coming up with other stuff that was cool. You know, who knows? Um, Your love is like bad religion. I guess he's... Uh, Brad, I'm I'm assuming that you're trying to fool with bad medicine. Um, you're like my kids. Instead of singing Living on a Prayer, they, they constantly sing Squidward, who's a character from SpongeBob, Squidward on a chair. So didn't work that well. Okay. Hope it rocks. It definitely does. Um I did not get this shirt at Sad Hill. There are no merch um, stands up there. I got this in the mail yesterday, actually. There you go. I haven't got long left myself. Um, what does that mean, Jeremy? <laughs> that sounds kind of cryptic. Let's see. Okay, so uh, Brad, yes, he was going for the bad medicine reference. And by the way, T-shirt, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, that's my favorite movie, Sad Hill. Got to see where that was shot, where the end scene of the good, the bad, and the ugly was shot. Was roughly um, three hours away from me. Is three hours away from me. Um, a lot of people don't realize this. I had this discussion with uh, Julia, Julia Gulia. No, um, Julia, who was playing in Will Walner's band when I saw him here in Spain. 
she went to uh, Almeria, uh, south of Spain, where where's where a lot of the spaghetti westerns were shot. But I can now identify what parts of the good, the bad, and the ugly were shot in the province of Burgos, as opposed to shot in the south. And there's a good part of the movie that was shot up north. So after they run into the cavalry, where they end up in the prison camp, the prison camp, the bridge scene, um, the monastery, and Sad Hill at the end. All those scenes were shot up in Burgos. So um, they've reclaimed a lot of it. Some of it's gone, but uh, still a cool experience. Hopefully we get out there. But uh, yeah, you see over my shoulder here. Damn it. I'm horrible at this. That's something I got for my birthday. Let me see if I can focus in on that. Um, can I focus in? Yes, I can focus in on myself. Uh, I guess it's kind of grainy. But uh, there's there's Lemmy in the Western. Western. Ace of Spades with uh, the Lemmy Funko. Some Eddie action here. And behind that is uh, some Triumph. And not the band. So there you go. I guess, see, now I zoomed out and you can see it better. So, well, let's keep it at that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I didn't know about the Almeria stuff myself. Somebody that I worked with... Um, said it to me. Oh, my wife's family's from the town where they shot the end sequence. I'm like, they didn't shoot anything in Burgos. What the hell are you talking about? So, um, so yeah, lo and behold, um, there was a documentary that's up on Netflix that's called um, uh, like Finding Sad Hill or something along those lines. And it's how these three people restored sad hill to as much as you could restore it they used the the military to actually set that whole thing up but um yeah so it's 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 a cool it's a cool documentary no doubt and um um from that i figured out what um what parts were, were in Burgos because I started to research and there's like a whole site that tells you where you could go see the individual things. Some things are kept up as, as good as possible and others just aren't. I haven't got anywhere beyond Sad Hill, but 
Okay, Steel Panther, The Darkness, Cool, or Piss Takers? I like the album that Steel Panther, not that Steel Panther, that The Darkness put out in 2017. I realized it because I was looking for some music that had come out in that year, and I listened to it yesterday. I don't really care for The Darkness beyond that. They've got a few songs here and there that I think that are cool, but not really a, a lot of it kind of um, kind of interests me. Steel Panther, I like their first album, but then each album has gotten gradually like worse. You know, the, there's only so much you can use the same stick, but whatever. Um, let's see here. Game on Sunday is actually Sweden. So Johan will probably watch against Spain. Um, we'll see because the game against Greece the other day, I think I've wa- I could watch paint dry and it would have been more exciting. So we'll see. Let's hope they turn it on ag- against Sweden. But uh, we'll see. And then, um, yeah, about... Um, about Kun, uh, which is what Jeremy's talking about. Kun Agüero, Sergio Agüero. Um, from the start, they said that th- it was going to take three months of tests and different things to figure out if his arrhythmia is career-threatening or not. It's not his first, uh, the first time that this has happened. So when he was with Atletico de Madrid, he had issues with his heart. And even with Man City, he had issues with his heart. I don't know if that's that was publicized that much, Jeremy, in in Manchester. But apparently um, the team, Barcelona, has now asked Man City for all of their uh, medical records, which they've turned over to them so they can figure out what, what exactly is going on with him. Um, so Nyaki's watching uh, Argentina versus um, versus Uruguay. Uh, Jose, if Argentina plays Spain, who's rooting for who in your household? <laughs> it's not as often as like the Piccolo household, where where it's Italy, Spain on a quite more frequent basis, and that's cousins of ours who are half Spanish and half Italian. So, um, yeah, Jeremy, I wasn't aware of it either. They started to bring it up now. And, you know, the teams are very secretive with with injuries. Um, So I believe he went to City when he was like 19. Somewhere along those lines, because he got to Spain, I think, at like 17, 18, if I'm not mistaken. And there may have been like another injury. And they didn't bring up the heart condition. You know? <laughs> okay, so your kids your kids would pull for Spain and your wife would be the only one pulling for Argentina. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, I will say um, this may not be a popular opinion in your household, but... Uh, even though uh, Barcelona isn't where they should be or where a lot of people would like them to be, I should say. 
I'm happy that Messi isn't on the team. Uh, because there you go. <laughs> um, and and um, and and here's here's the thing. PSG isn't exactly happy with him not playing the last month, being out injured, and all of a sudden he's going to play two games for Argentina. So, um, I don't know that I would have seen, and I don't know that someone like Gabi, for example, would be on the Spanish national team had Messi not have left because we wouldn't have time to see him. So. <laughs> yeah, so Jose is sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> oh man. This is my question has started uh turmoil in the um in the uh Connecticut uh wing of the uh of the Ruiz family here. So I apologize for that. So <laughs> let's stick to asking about uh tortilla and stuff like that. So uh we, we we don't we don't get into things like that. <laughs> anyway, any other questions left guys? Got a few minutes left here. Have basketball tomorrow. At least one of my kids is playing. The other one is bummed that he is not playing. But uh, we'll hopefully work that all out soon. Leandro Paredes is another one. Hasn't played with PSG for I don't know how long. Playing for the national team tonight, I believe. So we'll see. Hope Araujo doesn't get uh, doesn't get re-injured with Uruguay. Was the best defender on Barcelona until he came back injured from the national team last time around. And um, and these guys want to have the World Cup every two years. I think they're bonkers. They want to make more money. But. Um, Yeah, it's it's kind of weird with their positions because that's one of the things I don't understand. They have they don't have defined positions yet. Um because they're they're kind of all over the place. I would say based on body types and how I'm trying to teach them how to play, I would say Roman is more of a forward center, you know, power forward type thing. Um, whereas Adrian is, would be more of a guard just because of his abilities and, uh, just the way the two of them play and how they're, and their genetics and how they are physically. Um, we are, I'm trying to teach Roman to be more of a, um, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason type player. And I would say that um, that I'm trying to get Adrian to be more of like a, I would say Gary Payton, but we've been putting the hours in on the court to show um, 
Um, just to show people, I'm I'm trying again. I'm trying to do the the fatherly thing and show my kids that when somebody says you can't do something, that you can do it. So just because uh, someone wants to marginalize you or, or put you aside, well, <laughs> um, that, that's 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 the Dover in you. That's how we used to play games as kids, throwing elbows and, and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we 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 have a coach who thinks that um, that that somehow he's he's coaching in the NBA, but whatever. R- Ricky Rubio scored thirty eight points the other day for the Cavs um, against the the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, and Ricky R- Ricky Rubio is an interesting case. Because he turned pro at 16. So here in, here in Europe, a lot of soccer players or footballers, and for basketball, it's kind of the same thing. You don't, you don't go to college. You, you turn pro because you advance more in your career. Luka Doncic, who's a big deal now in the NBA and is down in the Mavericks, um, played for uh, Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid here. He signed as a 17-year-old, and he moved to the NBA again when he was 19. Ricky was kind of the same deal, drafted by the Timberwolves, and he's floated from team to team. He's been on the Timberwolves twice. He's been on the Jazz. He's been on the Suns. He's now at the Cavs. With the Cavs, he was supposed to be a backup, but their backup or their starting point guard got injured the other day against the Knicks. He came in and was uh, eight of nine from the from three point range, and he scored thirty eight overall. Helped them beat the Knicks. Uh, he got a, a a triple double, if I'm not mistaken. He's unfortunately with the national team. He came up at the right time when there was a big, a great nucleus of players with the Gasol brothers and with. Um, with uh, Serge Ibaka, who plays for the Clippers. Um, Garbajosa, who was with uh, the Raptors before that, who's now the, the, the national team uh, selector. Um, they, they, they were a great nucleus. It's funny because the, the soccer team and the basketball team kind of peaked around the same time. But the basketball team has been able to maintain it longer. Now with a lot of people retiring, they're going to have a harder time making things stick because they had players that were capable to stay in the NBA as starters. Uh, most of them are backups, if that. Um, you've got two other brothers, one that's in Boston and one that's in, um, at least for the Pelicans. I forget their last name. Um I think it's Hernandez Gutierrez. It's with a hyphen. Hernandez Gutierrez. I think that's their last names. But I try to watch the ACB, which is a Spanish league. And I try to watch the Euro, the Euro League, which is, for those that don't know, it's teams from all over Europe that 
it's kind of the equivalent of the NBA, if you really think of it, because U.S. is kind of the size of Europe, and they've got teams from all over Europe there. Now the NBA is trying to come over here and do their European branch. Of course, a lot of teams that have been around for like 80 years are, are pissed off because they don't know if they want to um, if they want to take their business away or if they want to integrate some of these teams into the NBA and then make something where they have like a almost like a uh, tournament between Hernan uh, uh, Gomez. There you go. So I got the H and the G right, but little else. Uh, I mean, that, that could be it. Um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah. We try, my kids, we tried out with soccer and the environment was just too toxic from the age that they were four. They wanted them to do set plays and stuff. And I'm like, they should be just playing and trying to have fun and then decide if it's going to be more, you know, if it, if it's, if it's going to be more intense after my oldest is 10 now, and we've kind of reached that in basketball where they've started to separate the good from the bad. It's kind of dumb because when I grew up, it was, um, you had two coaches and it was like being on the playground. You each picked players. So the teams were like evened out. It wasn't the uh, so-called superstars on one team with Bobby Knight coaching. And then, um, and we were told, you know, try basketball out. It's a better environment. And we've agreed. So um, we'll see. Uh, my oldest got moved to a different team, the supposed B team. And now we're having issues with uh, that team starting up. They were supposed to play tomorrow. But uh, they had um, uh, not enough kids have scheduled their physicals yet, so they're not allowed to play. So three weeks where he's he's missed out since being moved over to the to the other team. But I told him it's a good opportunity, good way to hone your skills and get better. And you know, if they come calling, if you want to go back, you can. But if not, you know, you can be a, a big fish in a small pond. So he needs to he needs to get faster. His problem is he's too slow and he doesn't have the hunger or the want to drive to the hoop yet. We're we're getting there. We're you know he's scared of hurting people except if he's playing against his brother. So that's when the elbows come out, Jose. <laughs> so I saw plenty of that this this evening. But uh, glad to hear that your kids are. Playing basketball as well. That's cool. So who knows? Maybe we could have a uh, an all Ruiz team at, at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Rob, uh, breaking out some sports. Absolutely. I I wish. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you uh, you have the confidence with your brother to to go after them. You're not as scared as with other people, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I love, uh, you know, I love a lot of the sports from back home. Hockey's my favorite. I used to keep up. I can't since I had the kids, just games start too late. A lot of times 
when I go to sleep, games are starting up around this time. And I'll listen to it on my phone as I fall asleep. Um, or now I've, you know, a lot of teams have started putting, putting highlights up on YouTube. So I'll watch that. And that's always great fun. So in any event, we're almost at the 90 minute mark here. <clears throat> I do want to thank everyone who's here live. Jose, Brad, Jeremy, Rob, Paula. Um, I'm sure there are a few others that haven't chimed in. Maybe CEO Dave is out there. Just don't know it. <laughs> um, want to thank all of you guys, whether you're watching this live, whether you're listening on Mixcloud live, whether, um, yikes, the, 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 um, the Blackhawks are, are a total mess right now. Front, front seat, you know, the team behind the scenes and so on and so forth. So hopefully you can turn all that around. Um, anyway, uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for submitting questions. It's fun. This is, this has been great. Once again, again, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do these. Maybe we'll do, um, one month we do ask the host one month. We do, uh, we do the Patreon get together. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So anyway, thank you again for deciding to spend your time with me today. Thank you, Paula. Um, thank you for, again, you could be doing anything else, but you're deciding to spend time listening to this or watching this. And I greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, the episode with, uh, with Brad should be posted no later than Monday with Jeremy's patrons pick should be awesome. And we'll see you next time right here on the signals from Mars live stream. Go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to keep up with everything that's going on. Uh, for the patrons, you guys know about some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. We'll have more on that soon guys. Have a great one. I will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 